0: What's up, everybody? And welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Johnners. And today is a special episode. We're going to be reviewing uh, WWE's Money in the Bank pay-per-view. And uh, I've got uh, a guest host with me reviewing Money in the Bank, uh, Matt Bayliss. You've um, heard him on the podcast many times before. And uh, yeah, welcome back to the podcast, Matt. Great to have you on board.
1: Hi, John. Yeah, thanks for having me back
0: again. No, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. So before we uh, go back to Matt and start reviewing the show, just a few plugs to throw out there. Um, you can follow the show, Wrestling With Johnners, of course, on Twitter. Um, our handle on Twitter is at withjohnners underscore pod. Uh, we're on Instagram as well, so go and uh, check us out on there. That's instagram.com forward slash wrestling with Jonas. And, of course, you can go and uh, uh, join our uh, Ever Interactive and Fun Facebook group. Uh, just search Wrestling With jonas You can listen to this podcast wherever you get your podcast. Of course, uh, we're on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, CastBox, Stitcher, YouTube, Anchor, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you listen to us on Apple iTunes, please don't forget to leave leave us a five-star review. Um, So, Matt, uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, First question I have for you, um, did you watch the Money in the Bank pre-show? Did you catch uh, the pre-show with Daniel Bryan and Rowan versus Usos?
1: Yeah, I, was, uh, I managed to watch the, the whole thing um, yeah. from the pre-show all the way through to, uh, to the very end. So, um, yeah, I thought the pre-show was quite interesting. Um, I think probably the highlight from it was when they had Sonia de Villain because um, she was actually on there in character a lot of the time. You sort of, you know, they're, they're more sort of being analysts and everything, but she was actually on there in character then, uh, and then obviously escalated from there, which, which was quite interesting and a bit of a change to what they, what they normally do, just talking through the card.
0: Yeah, so I didn't see that part of the pre-show. Did she have anything interesting to say?
1: Um, no, they were just kind of grilling her about sort of like the relationship with, between her and Mandy, Mandy Rose. Um, yeah. And then um, ah, was it Sophia Vega uh, interrupted as well. And, and uh, so they, they were having a bit of back and forth and, and then kind of talking about the men's ladder match as well. So I think it was, you know, it, it was just something a little bit, little bit different. It wasn't sort of like shattering, but it was something a bit, a bit of a change from the norm.
0: Yeah, I mean, but but the one thing we we all saw from the pre-show, I think it probably had more eyeballs on this pre-show than uh, many pre-shows before it. But uh, the, the tag match, you know, of course, uh, Daniel Bryan was uh, one of the kind of main event stars carrying the WWE Championship into WrestleMania last month, and uh, this time around, he's um, in, the, in the pre-show. I, thought, I get the feeling this match was kind of thrown together at the last minute. I know it was only announced. Um, uh, a few days prior to this show, uh, possibly on um, Tuesday, SmackDown. Uh, but you've got the, the the newly crowned SmackDown Tag Team Champions, Daniel Bryan and uh, Rowan, Eric Rowan, um, and they were going up against the Usos. Now, I know the Usos are kind of synonymous with the Championship they've won and all the hard work on SmackDown, but uh, aren't they officially a Raw team nowadays? Wasn't there some sort of shake-up a few weeks ago where they got drafted to Raw, and then almost within a week or so they were back on SmackDown challenging Daniel Bryan and, and Eric Rowan. I mean, what did you make of this Matt, uh, match, Matt? Because a um, uh, bit, of, bit of a strange, thrown together match. But uh, um, yeah, did you think it was a bit strange that you know that the Usos are meant to be a Raw team uh, challenging for the SmackDown championships?
1: Yeah, I think it was it was definitely hastily put together and all pretty much courtesy of the um, the suddenly invoked wildcard rule from yeah. the last two weeks. Yeah, you know, they only did the shake up two weeks before that, so obviously <laughs> yeah. and, and again. Um, so yeah, so it's strange. I mean, I I, I really like the Usos, um, and so you know, I never mind seeing them in, in a in a tag title match, but, but yeah, it seemed it seemed a bit strange, and I think to see the Usos, are arguably one of the best tag teams, and then obviously Daniel Bryan on this side, who's arguably one of the best singles wrestlers as well, and seeing them both on the on the pre show was was a little bit strange. Um, yeah the silver lining to it was that the cruiserweight title wasn't on the pre-show and that actually made it onto the main show so you know there, there, is, there is an upside to it um but i did i did think it was strange but it, it was it was you know a, a pretty good little match between them um yeah. i don't think it too long but um you know it was it was pretty decent and i enjoyed it
0: Yeah, so I mean, I enjoyed the match as well. Um, And uh, the the thing I like about the the Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan dynamic is I I do like the tag teams with like the big guy and the smaller guy. I mean, I remember. About ninety four, ninety five, when you had Diesel and Shawn Michaels, I thought that was a, a really cool tag team, and uh, enjoyed the kind of big man, little man dynamic. And you've kind of got the same thing here, really, to a certain degree. And Rowan seems to be getting the the Daniel Bryan rub as well, so uh, it's definitely uh, good for his his career. Um, but yeah, it was, it was an enjoyable match. I uh, haven't really got uh, any notes on it, to be honest with you. But I know that, uh, and this was a this was a this was a, actually a non title match. Uh, so kind of contradicting myself from what I said earlier on. It's, it was actually a non title match, but it sounds like um this is a, a program that's going to continue between these two teams um and no doubt um the Usos will probably get a, a smackdown um title shot against uh, daniel bryan and rowan you know in a few weeks time or maybe at the next pay-per-view um but this was a non-title match and hence uh the the usos got the win uh, i believe it was from a, a double uh frog splash onto daniel bryan in the end and they kind of pinned daniel bryan i think that was the end of the match wasn't it matt yeah. yeah, yeah, they, they and uh, yeah. yeah, I mean,
1: like I say, I mean, it was, you know, it, it was decent. The Usos did what the Usos do, and, and I agree with you about the dynamic with uh, with Rowan and, and Daniel Bryan as well. I think it does it does work really well. I just hope they give them someone to get their teeth into going forwards.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. But um, moving on to the main show, and the, the first um, first match on the the main card was the Women's Money the Bank ladder match. So I'll just go through the participants, um, not necessarily in order that they came out to the ring. But you had uh, Naomi, uh, Dana Brooke or Dana Brooke, uh, Natalia, Ember Moon, Bailey. Carmella, Mandy Rose, and Nikki Cross, and of course Nikki Cross is a uh, a late replacement for Alexa Bliss, who uh, was pulled from the match earlier on in the week. Um, it sounds like she's got uh, some injury, possibly. Another concussion. I know she's got a, a bit of a history with concussion, but uh, she has tweeted out um, uh, since it originally was announced that she wasn't going to be in the match that she is fine. It's not career threatening. So um she's, uh, you know, plans to continue wrestling, um, there was some concern there uh, when it was first announced that she was pulled from the match. But, you know, nice to see uh, Nikki Cross in the match here. Um, Going into the match, uh, I think a lot of people were looking for one of the, the newer superstars to take the briefcase, including maybe Mandy Bros, um, Ember Moon, possibly Bailey. But, but Nikki Cross was, as I said, the last minute replacement for Alexa. And I think she quickly became a lot of people's favourite going into the match, mainly because we haven't seen a, an awful lot from her since she got pulled up onto the main roster in, in any sort of wrestling or storyline capacity. Um, who, who are your kind of favourites, uh, your picks going into this match um, ahead of Sunday night?
1: Um, well, Bailey's always my favorite, regardless of, of you know, what's going on. Um, but yeah, I think I agree. I mean, it's it wouldn't be unlike him to, to push Nikki Cross, um, just having her in at the end. And, and I think her sort of like psychotic character fits in with um, the madness of, of a ladder match as well. So, um, I was quite disappointed that it was Mandy Rose, not Sonny Deville, to be honest. Um, I think, in my opinion, I think Sonny Deville's probably got the the bigger upside going forwards but um but yeah i mean it it was quite an an open open match and they they could have gone sort of like any one of eight routes obviously with it so um so yes it was uh it was full of some some good spots like even at the start where uh mickey cross was trapping everyone in the ring apron and and yeah and you know they did they did use the ladders quite a lot as well so it was you know it was an impressive match and a really good way to start the show as well
0: yeah, absolutely. I mean, so, some of the key spots from the match, i uh, have got Nikki Cross, uh, she went wild with a ladder, kind of doing her kind of aeroplane spin with the ladder, decking all of her opponents in the process. Uh, Nikki Cross then takes a nasty bump uh, into one of the ladders propped up in the corner. Um, the match, as you quite rightly really said, was was fast and furious uh, from, from word go, basically. Carmella uh, gets walked to the back, appearing to have uh, injured her left leg. Um, I didn't really catch the spot when that happened, but she went to the back with uh, uh, some of the officials there. Bailey then gets taken out of the match after being squashed between uh, a ladder before being hit with a split leg moonsault from Naomi whilst uh, Bailey was uh, laid on a ladder there. So that looked uh, pretty painful, taking Bailey out of the match for a few seconds. Uh, Ember Moon then hits a, a pretty awesome eclipse off of one of the ladders that was actually stood up outside of the ring onto Natalia, who was inside the ring. And that got a holy shit chart from the, the fans. Mandy Rose hits her bed of roses onto Ember Moon, onto one of the ladders. Uh, Carmella uh, makes a heroic comeback, uh, beating Mandy Rose down on the rampway before climbing the ladder to get the briefcase, only to be attacked by Sonia Deville. Now, uh, you mentioned Sonia earlier on. She wasn't uh, one of the participants, but she's a a, um, buddy uh, cohort of uh, Mandy Rose, of course. Sonia then puts Mandy Rose on her shoulders, carried Mandy up on the ladder, um, but with uh, Mandy having one hand on the briefcase, Bailey then makes recovery uh baby shoves deville and rose off the ladder unhooks the briefcase and bailey is our new miss money in the bank um so bailey is is, uh kind of the the briefcase case holder and i'm sure that that makes you a very happy man i I kind of thought of you when uh uh, bailey pulled the briefcase down uh what did you think of the match overall and um what did you think of the winner
1: yeah i mean like like i say i mean bailey's always number one for me right but um I think yeah, it was it was a really good match. They, they did a lot of different stuff. Um, yeah. Naomi someone that I don't particularly like that much, but um, you know, a couple of spots that she got in, and, and the bit with Nikki Cross doing the helicopter, the airplane spin with the ladder. Yeah, a hell of a bump in that as well. Like she really threw herself into the ladder, which you know it was definitely uh, got some got some sort of like respect from me. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I I really liked it. It was you know it. it it had really good pace to it. There wasn't too much wear. There wasn't anything happening. Um, and it kept going really well. Um, the Carmella injury was an interesting one because it was a really sort of <clears throat> a bit of a nothing incident. Like, I think yeah. the, knee, the the foot of the ladder maybe hit her in the knee or something. But at the time, I thought it was legitimate. But then, obviously, she came back back out at the end. So I, I really don't know. So, um, But her reaction when it happened, uh, I think Mandy Rose went to carry on sort of fighting with her and she just kind of pushed away and pushed away and tiptoed out of the ring. So, you know, yeah. she she either sold it brilliantly for what it was or or it was a genuine injury. So yeah, but it's just strange that she did come back afterwards. But but overall, um, you know, I think all the participants were made to look really good. Um yeah. and shows all like the, the depth of talent they've got at the moment as well.
0: Definitely, definitely. And um, it looks like there's uh, possibly going to be some some heat on SmackDown this week between Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville um, over what happened there. But, um, yeah, no, a a good opener, an entertaining match. Um, All the participants definitely, you know... Put their put their bodies on the line and took some bumps, um, but a really good opener. And, and Bailey cut a promo after the match, saying that she is uh, not just Bailey; she is uh, Miss Money in the Bank. So uh, good for her. Uh, we'll uh, talk more about Bailey later on in this uh, podcast episode. We then see Triple H on his phone backstage when Sami Zayn uh, interrupts Triple H, asking where where um I think he asked where Shane was. I'm not entirely sure why he asked for Shane. Uh, Sami Zayn um, appeared to be concerned about Braun Strowman. And appears to be anxious over storm and, and him getting involved in the match tonight. Uh, saying says that he needs protection. Uh, Triple H tells Sami Zayn to tape up his fists and get out of his office. Um, so um, then we move on to our next match. This one is for the United States Championship. So this was a bit of a strange match as well. But uh, with a champion Samoa Joe defending against Rey Mysterio. So, uh, um the match didn't go too long. Uh, pretty much straight off, Ray Mysterio hits a seated sent on onto uh, big Samoa Joe, appearing to injure his nose or possibly break Joe's nose in the process. Uh, Joe then channels his inner Walter by um, hitting Ray with an almighty chop across the chest. Uh, Ray then reverses a, a powerbomb into a Hurricane Rana hooking Joe's leg and getting the surprise three count with Joe's left shoulder appearing to be um, you know, quite visibly off the mat. Uh, the match lasted about four minutes. Uh, Dominic congratulates his father on the outside after winning the US title. However, Joe is not done. Uh, he attacks... Rey Mysterio on the ramp away before smashing Rey with uh, two Uranagis and a senton in the ring. And just like their match at WrestleMania, this was a super quick match. And it looks like the, the storyline between Rey, Joe and Dominic continues. However, it, it does look like they were told to go home early, uh, possibly because of Joe's broken nose. So what, what's your thoughts on this match? I'm guessing that the, you know, it was likely to be a Rey Mysterio outcome, uh, regardless of how long this match was meant to go. But um, uh, yeah, a quick match. What do you think?
1: Yeah, it was, uh, it was a bit
0: strange. So, yeah,
1: I think maybe they were. They, they did kind of cut it short because of the injury, maybe. But, I mean, the finish was terrible. I mean, Joe was nearly mm-hmm. set up, right, um, when the ref carried his shoulders down. So, it just it just seemed wrong. Um, you know, you, you never know. Maybe there's something more to it and maybe it's, you know, there's already a plan going forward with it or something. But it wasn't, you know, like a, a, a simple error or anything like that. And it was, it was just, you know, it just looked terrible um so he kind of put a bit of a damner on it um i like Samoa joe i think he's he's done quite well as a champion with, with what he's had to work with um so maybe maybe losing that title means he might be able to move on to uh to, to bigger and better things going forward
0: yeah yeah definitely i'm a big fan of uh, you know, both of these two competitors um i, I kind of like the inclusion of, of dominic as well um I, I personally i'd like to see and i actually put in my prediction show that i'd like to see dominic maybe turn on his father and align with samoa joe which could be quite a good storyline but uh looks like we're going to get more from um, from, from this uh, from this uh, group of wrestlers um and no doubt the uh, the conclusion to this match will play out in some sort of storyline possibly on tuesday uh, this week on smackdown uh, moving on to the next match the miz versus shane mcmahon so These two had uh, a a pretty good match at WrestleMania. I really enjoyed their Force Count Anywhere match, to be honest with you, and and some of the bumps that Shane and the Miz for that matter took during that match were pretty outstanding. Um, This time, keeping them contained within a steel cage, uh, they've had a reasonably good storyline going into this match. Um, But uh, um, it it wasn't kind of one of the matches I was really looking forward to ahead of this show. Uh, Just to go through some of the key spots, Within the match, um, Miz takes control of the match after a steel chair gets inserted into the ring. Uh, Miz gets a, a two count, which uh, many believed was actually should have been a, a three count or a pinfall victory for, for Miz after um, Shane put his foot on the ropes. Um, I didn't realise that um, you, you could have kind of rope breaks during a steel cage match, but uh, maybe that's more for submissions. I don't know. Um, in one scary spot, the Miz pulls Shane. Off the top of the cage um, with Shane kind of hitting the ring with a huge back bump. Uh, The Miz follows this up with a rather awkward looking uh, frog splash and that only gets a two count. Uh, Shane attempts to uh, climb the cage only to be stopped on top of the cage by the Miz. Um, It looks like uh, there's going to be a suplex spot until Shane is able to wriggle free from his shirt, uh, drop into the floor. Um, from the cage, and uh, yep, all that Miz has to show for his efforts is is Shane and shirt, so uh, Shane McMahon wins the cage match against the Miz, and the Miz fall short once again, Um, what did you think of this one? Uh, I I, I, I was kind of interested in the match, the longer it went, um, but uh, it it wasn't kind of one of the better matches of the night, Um, what did you like or dislike about this match, Matt?
1: I think before the show even kicked off, um, this match kind of stuck out like a sore thumb compared to the rest of the card. So I expect it to probably be my low light of the night and it definitely didn't disappoint me in that respect. Um, I think the the longer it went on, it was just a case of waiting to see how Shane would sneakily win or who would get involved or or anything like that. yeah, I think the referee took the limelight at one point as well because um, there was a point where Miz had Shane in the figure four um, and Shane got to the ropes and the ref refused to to break because obviously in a steel cage match no DQ, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. And then and then having his foot on the rope to break the pin, surely that wouldn't matter either. But, but again, I, I maybe need to read upon the um, the <laughs> uh, WWE to, do it, to get around that one. But
0: yeah.
1: Um. But yeah, I mean it just. It just seems strange to me like the, the amount of punishment that Shane took, um, and then all of a sudden he kind of like put the triangle choke on Miz, which he still can't execute very well. Um, so I was just, I was kind of just glad when it was over. I, I do like the Miz, and I think he should really be moving on to bigger and better things than, than feuding with Shane, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, yeah, and um. I got the feeling this program is probably going to continue um, with another gimmick match. Match, I'm sure, but um, yeah, like I say, it wasn't as good as their WrestleMania match. Not very memorable, and uh, but Shane McMahon uh, gets another. Another cheap victory over The Miz, you could say. Uh, we then see Sami Zayn hanging upside down and uh, appearing to be unconscious after um, seemingly having been attacked by Braun Strowman. Or Braun Strowman certainly getting the blame for attacking Sami Zayn. Uh, we then go to our next match, which is for the Cruiserweight Championship. So you mentioned earlier how uh, refreshing it was to have a Cruiserweight Championship match on the main card, because typically uh, they're on the on the pre-show. Um, and uh, it was it was great to have them on the on the main card, as I mentioned. But uh, just a shame that uh, they haven't had some of the the better um, pre show cruiserweight matches on the main card instead of uh, this one. But uh, yeah, you had Tony Nice defending his cruiserweight championship, which of course uh, is the championship he won at WrestleMania um, over Buddy Murphy, and we haven't seen um, very much of Buddy Murphy since he got brought up onto the main roster. But Tony Nice here going up against uh, Aria Devari. Um So this was a fun match with Nese, um nearly. Uh, retaining his championship after a 450 splash. Uh, Divari gets a close near fall of his own after a super kick and a, a pretty stiff lariat. Um, nice gets the win with his running uh, knee or running niece in the corner. I think they call it to retain the Cruiserweight Championship and like I say what I loved about this was the fact that they were um, given that um, shop window uh, on the main card uh, yeah, tell, tell us about your thoughts on this match. Um, looks like it was a good match, good entertaining match. I haven't been following their storyline or their program on Five Live, to be honest with you, so I wasn't quite aware of any sort of backstory going into it. But, um, a match kind of within itself, uh, I thought it was okay. And, um, I think Tony Nice uh, seems to be coming into his own as Cruiserweight champion.
1: Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It wasn't the most high profile of Cruiserweight matches, uh, compared to what we've seen on pre shows in the past, but. Um, but yeah, but I enjoyed it. It was you know fast-paced match. It was uh, there's a lot of ebb and flow to it. The crowd were pretty much behind it as well, which was which was good because I know there's been I think some of the consideration for why they go on the pre shows that people aren't interested. I think clearly um, the fans showed that they are. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was a good sort of hard hitting, fast-paced match that you'd expect from the cruiserweight. So I think it kind of you know as as a as a demonstration of what they can do, I think it worked quite well.
0: Yeah, and just to kind of back up what you said there, um, I felt one thing that did carry this match was the fans did seem quite into it, to be honest with you. Um, and I know that when they used to show the, the Cruiserweight division on Monday Night Raw, uh, the crowd were were dead and not into the action at all. But I think the more exposure they get, and, and I'm sure this match will be good for that, uh, the more the fans are going to be familiar with the characters and uh, and into the action. But I'm glad that uh, the fans got into this. So, um, yeah, very good. And then we get um, Triple H backstage, talking to Braun Strowman uh, about the attack on Sami Zayn, uh, broad Uh, Braun, sorry, pleads innocence and says that uh, he doesn't know what happened. Um, Triple H tells Braun Strowman to leave the building. It's then reported that uh, Sami has been taken to a local medical facility. Um, But uh, the question remains, uh, if if Braun didn't attack Sami Zayn, then who did? Um, So uh, Sami Zayn is removed from the the ladder match uh, because of that attack. Uh, We then get an advert for Monday Night Raw. Which was uh, a last night uh, at the point of recording this, where Mick Foley is going to be unveiling a new championship belt. So there was speculation for 24 hours over what this championship might be. Might it be, um, you know, the hardcore title? Uh, will it be a legends title? Well, we can talk about it now, Matt, because it's already happened. Um, but it's actually the the 24/7 championship. Um, so I suppose in one sense very similar to the hardcore title but no weapons um, there's been a lot of talk about this on social media um, what first of all what are your thoughts on on kind of the idea of the 24 uh, 24/7 championship and uh, and that bout um, t- tell us your thoughts Matt.
1: um so the in principle I really like it and it could be fun and depending on how they do it I mean I think with social media and the network and and everything then, you know, I've, I've, I've got I've put online, I'd love them to like interrupt shows on the network and just say, look, look what's happening. And, and you get Crash Hulli being chased around uh, uh, a play center or something like that. So, um, <laughs> be good, so yeah. in, in principle, you know, um, maybe give it a bit of time. I know David Anderson has been on social media today and he sort of said, you know, give it a few months and then we'll see what they actually do with it. Yeah. You'd like to think about that. You'd like to think they've got some kind of plan for it going forwards and hopefully they've invested more time in that plan than they did on the design for the belt because the actual belt itself looks horrific. <laughs>
0: yeah
1: um, yeah it does yeah you know, it, it's yeah I, I don't even know how to describe it it's, it's just like a giant wristwatch. um so uh yeah i don't like the title but i do kind of like the idea and, and, and i'm interested to see to see what they do, what they do with it going forward and and sort of does it go across all the brands? Does it, you know, is it here, there and everywhere um, and just kind of I'll give them the benefit of the doubt for the time being.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I quite enjoyed the 24-7 rule when they had the, the hardcore title uh, back in the day. But, um, you know, it, it wasn't a title to be taken seriously. Um, it did turn into a bit of a joke I remember one WrestleMania where the championship changed hands about seven or eight times in one match Um, and that that was quite fun because I think Molly Holly got involved and uh, there was uh, pinfalls uh, throughout the night Um, but um, yeah it it, it is a card it is is a title that could um, uh, you know it could help uh, mid-card or lower lower-tier wrestlers um, get a bit of TV time and possibly get a, a championship. Um, but um, yeah, it's certainly going to help the kind of mid-card and the lower-tier guys, which I think is good for them. Uh, so I think in, in one night last night, um, the the championship got held by three individuals. I think Titus O'Neill was the first to kind of pluck it from the ring. He he kind of was the first champion just by kind of running to the ring and grabbing it first. I understand. Uh, and then Bobby Roode. Um, Pins Titus O'Neill on the rampway, and then later on that night, um, Our Truth. Pins Bobby Roode, so it's already had three champions uh, in, in probably the space of an hour or two. But uh, no, it could be fun, and like, like you said, and like David Anderson said, we just give it time to see um, how it develops um, and what what happens from there. But uh, um, yeah, some might say you know it's won too many titles, or maybe you know we've we've already got a few too many titles already. But it's a different type of championship, and it could add a, a bit of a bit of fun as well, and a bit of a a hark back to uh, the attitude here with the hardcore title, I suppose. Um, Um, But uh, moving on and another championship match, we've got uh, Becky Lynch versus Lacey Evans. So this is the first of two matches, uh, two championship uh, defenses from Becky Lynch here. Um, This is for the the Raw Women's Championship, however. um, And um, I, I don't know, I... I kind of struggled to watch this match, to be honest with you. And maybe I'm being a bit harsh, but it just appeared a little bit sloppy in places. And you could hear Becky calling spots. And we know that Lacey is, is still fairly green in the ring. We haven't really seen her uh, in any more than a, you know, one or two matches since she's come up onto the main roster, her gimmick stuff with us walking up and down the rampway, um, But it, it was okay. It was okay. Um, I think Lacey's character is excellent. Um, I believe she just needs a little bit more ring time uh, before she's ready for any future Championship uh, opportunities, is my opinion. I'd say the match was okay. Becky did retain her Raw uh, Championship. with her disarmor uh, submission um, however Becky was about to head back to the locker room when Charlotte Flair's music started up and uh, it looks like uh, Becky will be defending her Smackdown championship in back-to-back matches so first of all before we move on to anything uh, Charlotte Flair related uh, what did you think of her match against Lacey Evans am I kind of being a bit too critical on Lacey and kind of how this match went
1: no, I think the, I think there were some some sloppy elements to it, including including the finish as well. Um, but I, I I enjoyed of the two women's championship matches, I enjoyed this one a lot more. Um, I think Lacey was possibly a victim of you know, having so much going on around it. I think if it had just been a straight one on one, just building her and Becky, they would have been able to do a little bit more with it, and I think it would have come across a little bit better. Um, yeah. But I do, I do like Lacey. Um, and I think if anyone got their hands on a on a handkerchief, then that's probably on eBay now for about. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, but I I I quite enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, I, I do agree with you that it was, you know, it, it wasn't the, the the most sort of like structured match, and it didn't run all that smoothly. But but um, but yeah, but it, it was it was okay, and, and I think it's kind of like it's put Lacey Evans on the map a little bit, um, and then. Obviously, sort of like with the fallout of, of the Money in the Bank, um, sort of seeing where, where she goes from there.
0: Definitely, definitely. But it did go straight into uh, Becky Lynch's second title defence against Charlotte Flair. Now, this one is for the SmackDown Women's Championship. So, poor Becky, just spent the last eight to ten minutes in the ring with uh, Lacey Evans. Um, I, I did have a feeling this was going to happen. I did have a feeling that uh, Becky was going to get stitched up one way or another. Um, so... Very smart of Flair to come out when she did and Flair uh, doesn't uh, wait to be asked before laying the boots and chops uh, to the champ. Uh, There's an exchange of lefts and rights between these two before Charlotte goes after Becky's injured left leg. Charlotte then goes for the natural selection on the ring apron uh, but uh, Becky cleverly holds onto the ropes, causing uh, Charlotte Flair to land hard on the floor on the outside. Um, However, as the referee is counting Charlotte on the outside, Lacey Evans comes back out to nail Becky Lynch with her women's right um, right hook. uh, Out of view of the referee, of course, because he's paying attention to Charlotte, who's still on the outside. Flair gets back into the ring, nails Becky with a big boot. Charlotte then hooks the leg of Becky Lynch and gets a three count. Thanks, of course, to the outside interference from uh, Lacey Evans. And then we have a a SmackDown Women's Champion. So no longer do we have Becky uh, two bouts, but um, she's lost her championship to Charlotte Flair. I think that makes her a nine times Women's Champion uh, shared between uh, Raw and SmackDown. Uh, But um, uh, yeah, then there's a post-match beatdown um, of Becky Lynch from uh, Lacey Evans and uh, Charlotte. Um, that then goes into, uh, the, the crowd are all shouting and for, for, uh, Bailey to make an appearance. Now, um, uh, they're, they're all rooting for Bailey to come out and then Bailey does come out uh, with her money in the briefcase, uh, in hand. She saves her buddy, Becky Lynch. Charlotte goes to uh, charge Bailey only for Charlotte to miss and goes headfirst into the middle turnbuckle, seemingly knocking, um, herself out in the process um so before we get into the next section of what happens next uh what did you think of the kind of the the charlotte and uh, becky lynch match so i thought it was slightly better i personally felt it slightly better than the lacey evans match you thought that uh, it was the other way around uh what did you think of charlotte versus becky
1: yeah i, I just think they're just hell bent on making charlotte like the 100 time champion and yeah, you know, and she is good i mean take nothing away from her, her in-ring ability you know, it's um but it just seems it just seems that the fact that she's being kind of like forced into everything, and I don't know if it's just a way of getting getting heat for her or, or or what it is, but but it kind of just switches me off to it a little bit. And, and I know they've had far better matches in the past, um, you know. And obviously doing the matches back to back, obviously it was going to sort of you know have that element of it because obviously Becky's just been through a match, Charlotte's fresh. Um, but yeah, I'd kind of just. Switched off to it a little bit, I think, uh, at that point. Um, um, and you know, there was a couple of good spots. Um, I think we, uh, you mentioned about sort of like Lacy coming down and and hitting the woman's uh, the woman's right without the ref seeing it because he was facing the other way. To be honest, the way the night went, I think if the ref was looking straight, at, he probably still would have missed. It,
0: so. <laughs> Very true. Yeah.
1: Uh, um, but yeah, but then you know, it, it's it all it all kind of built to what happened after the second match, really. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, it did. So, so I mean, Charlotte is seemingly unconscious, uh, having run into the to, to the turnbuckle. At this point, the crowd are going absolutely nuts, urging Bailey to cash in. And uh, after some hesitation, Bailey hands a briefcase over to the referee. The referee calls to the bell. The match begins. Bailey goes to the top turnbuckle, nails a flying elbow, hooks a leg, gets the three count. And Bailey successfully cashes in her briefcase um, all in the same night. And, and we have uh, a new SmackDown women's champion in Bailey. So uh, I, c- I can imagine you doing kind of cartwheels around the living room when this, uh, when this happened here, Matt. Um, and I think that this uh, was great to put Bailey in the spotlight, certainly you know, made her one of the, the highlights of the whole night, to be honest with you, with a uh, successfully, um, unhooking the briefcase cashing in and uh, and kind of women winning, uh, winning the championship over charlotte here so uh yeah definitely a good positive spin on uh, becky losing one of her championships and uh, bailey is the new smackdown women's champion so uh, how pleased were you when this happened
1: see i was really pleased because i like bailey and i'm glad that charlotte only held the title for like five minutes
0: <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> but
1: it still counts um so but at the same time I've, they've been kind of building this new attitude for Bailey which I suppose she kind of showed by cashing in against Charlotte but what I what I kind of hoped you would see would be like a proper heel turn um, and then she would decide to cash in the the the, um, the briefcase give it to the referee but then bypass Charlotte and go and grab Becky and pin her instead
0: right
1: so I kind of part, part of me was thinking oh, is that the angle they're going to go but I mean, yeah I was still... yeah
0: for, the, for, yeah good good point I, I hadn't thought of that one yeah um, I think you know if, if
1: if they were committed to doing that I mean it's still it still kind of shows like the attitude development and stuff like that of the character so and it's still Bailey and she's still a champion so I'm still happy um I just I don't know I think I was in quite a heelish mood you know I was I was really hoping that Dominic had, had beat up Ray I was hoping that, uh, he'd turn on Becky so I think it was just in one of those moods watching it I think
0: yeah, it, it, it could still happen. You know, there's there's a lot of uh, talk out there about possibly Bailey turning heel, um, but uh, she's a champion for now. Um, you know. Uh I don't know. Maybe her, uh, her pure babyface gimmick has seen better days, and maybe it's, it's time for a change. Uh, but we will see, and like so might see further development in that this coming Tuesday. Um, but yeah, let's let's make the most of it. And uh, Bailey is, is she's uh, the first Grand Slam champion uh, from one stand. So she's won every women's championship um, available to her within the WWE. So she was obviously the NXT champion, uh, the Raw champion, the Women's champion, uh, tag team champion. So that's something that Charlotte's not been able to do yet is, is win the tag team titles I don't think I'm missing any championships there but she's the first ever um, w- women's Grand Slam uh, champion so she has kind of got one up over Charlotte there um, so yeah the company must be kind of coming round to, to Bailey eventually but uh, no good for her good for her but uh, yeah I, I would like to see uh, you know a darker Bailey and, and maybe we'll get that but um, I I got a sneaking suspicion that um, uh, Bailey could be going up against Sasha Banks. I think when Sasha Banks returns and i got a sneaking suspicion she will return, I think that they're going to be kind of uh, putting them two in the ring together. So uh, that could be interesting, especially with everything that's happened. And you've also got to ask yourself, did they give Baby the championship to possibly um, maybe, I don't know, put two fingers up at uh, Sasha for her behavior. Um, but um yeah, it's, it's very interesting at the minute, but I'm not going to complain over Bayley being the champion. Uh, we move on to our next match, but uh, which is meant to be between Roman, Roman Reigns and Elias. Uh, but before Reigns can even make his entrance, we see Elias sneak up behind him um he's just kind of walking through the corridors backstage uh before smashing his guitar across the back of the big dog uh, Elias then goes on to give uh, one of his live performances which is very entertaining um however in a fairly uh, predictable turn of events Roman Reigns uh, comes out from the back nailing Elias with a superman punch on the stage uh, one spear later Roman Reigns covers and gets the three count so i think the outcome was fairly predictable I don't think anybody was expecting the attack backstage beforehand. Um, I like Elias. I'm a big fan of Elias, but I'd love him to get a a big win over somebody, um, anybody uh, sometime in the future Uh, like I say, he's recently been been squashed by uh, John Cena Um, Thugonomics John Cena of course at Wrestlemania and and The Undertaker the night after Wrestlemania and here Roman Reigns it's great that he's involved um, in these kind of storylines with these big characters and and getting these matches Um, but uh, much like Bray Wyatt when he was kind of falling to all the big superstars Elias just cannot seem to buy a win Uh, what's your thoughts on kind of this match and kind of how Elias is he's being treated some might consider it a push but others might consider it a burial what's your thoughts
1: yeah i i agree with you i i do like elias i think he's got a good character and 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 he is good in the ring as well not that you ever get to see it very often but you don't um but yeah i think you know i think he deserves a legitimate push and they seem to have settled on the fact that he's been healed for about four or five weeks now so um, that you know that's an improvement, on what it was like pre-WrestleMania, where you, you could never really tell from week to week.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but I think you know in, introducing him as the biggest acquisition on SmackDown, and, and and everything that you'd you'd like to think they'd be doing something with it. So so I'm, I'm not sure what what they did with this match really, because you know they had yeah, relatively good build for a couple of weeks. Um, there was a reason for it, and and everything. And um, so I mean whether it's whether it's that Roman's not anywhere near hundred percent yet so maybe you know maybe he's not going to be doing like a full schedule of full matches and, and everything I'm not sure but it just seems a bit of a a bit of a wasted opportunity really because you know it had, it had potential to be a decent match yeah, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll wait and see I suppose going forward as to, to what next between the two of them
0: yeah and I know that Elias has been uh, aligned with Shane McMahon on the, on the weekly uh, TV Um So there there could be something there, I I don't know. I mean, there's some rumours out there that uh, uh, Shane could be a a possible opponent for Roman Reigns somewhere down the line, so that might kind of uh, end his storyline feud with with the miz that could be quite interesting um but uh, i'd like them to do a bit more with elias and a bit more with elias against roman reigns i think there's uh, something there that, that could be capitalized on but uh, we shall see i'd just like to see them do a bit more with elias in general to be honest with you and give him a, a couple of wins i can't remember the last time i saw uh, elias get a win at all um but um yeah uh then we get our next batch and this was probably the match that most people were looking forward to uh, going into Money in the Bank. And this was for the Universal Championship, Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles. Um, these two could easily be, you know, considered two of the best wrestlers in the the WWE right now, Um, definitely inside the top five or maybe the the top 10 wrestlers in the whole world. Um, But uh, this match starts to pick up when the two uh, went onto the ring apron where Rollins blocks an attempted Styles clash on the apron only to be nailed with a a knee. Um, Rollins then counters with a suicide dive through the ropes and he follows it up with the second dive. Uh, Back inside the ring, Rollins hits AJ Styles with a buckle bomb and a top rope Splash! Um, a splash that even Montez Ford uh, from the uh, Street Profits would have been proud of. He gets a two count uh, from that. AJ Styles and gets a two count from a, a rack bomb. Um, Seth Rollins then hits a, a crazy inverted suplex, hanging onto AJ uh, in order to give him a, like a falcon arrow for another two count. Uh, AJ is able to turn a curb stomp into a Styles clash, which was a, a pretty good move, and they got a really crazy near fall there. Um, Rollins hits a ripcord knee followed by a super kick and a curb stomp and uh, those three moves combined, uh, finishing with a curb stomp got the eventual win in this excellent match that went nearly 20 minutes um, so uh, we knew this was going to be a great match going into it um, but uh, what did you think? I thought it was a pretty good match, uh, what what are your thoughts Matt?
1: Yeah it was definitely um, the best match of the night in my opinion, probably one, one of the best matches of the year, I know it's got some stiff NXT competition for match of the year at the moment. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean it was it it was great. You know, it was back and forth. Um, you know, both guys were pulling out moves that you don't normally see them do. Um, which is good. So, you know, they're not just stuck to their their own five moves of doom. Um, you know, I think like the, the rack bomb from from AJ, uh then like the reverse um uh superplex and, and everything from from uh, Seth, it, we, it, was, it was fantastic. There's one bit as well where uh, AJ ran into a super kick in the corner, and then, like, they showed the slow motion replay of it, and the way AJ just collapsed on the impact and stuff like that. That's that's just what sets him aside from from everyone else because you you can it did look like that his daddy's head kicked off his shoulders almost. So, uh, but yeah, but I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it was on the the reverse superplex thing. That's where the the Zowie Wowie um, chant started in the crowd. <laughs> um, instead of, you know, replacing the holy shit chance sort or of, the this is awesome chance. So, um, but yeah, you know, it was, it was um, you know, to use the obvious word, it was a phenomenal match. Um, yeah, you know, and, and, you know, and the build for it was really simple. You know, they didn't do anything that's not been done before. You know, they had the tag match where they one hit the other and, and all that stuff. So they didn't do anything special with it. It's just, it worked. Um, you know, so I think everyone was invested in the match. Everyone wanted to see it. Um, I don't think anyone particularly thought that Seth was going to lose because he's only obviously only just won the title, but, but you know, but there were times, like especially when he um, reversed the curb, sump into the uh, into the Styles Clash. Um, I think even the cameraman or the director did as well because like when he went to pin him, it did pan out like the, the the wide shot, so you'd get the fan reaction.
0: Yeah,
1: um, but, you know, it was you know overall it was it was a fantastic match, and uh, really really enjoyed it
0: yeah and no, I'm, I'm going to go back and watch that a second time this afternoon because uh, yeah it was a pretty special match um, I think the crowd were definitely into it um, yeah definitely up there one of the matches of, of the year so um, brilliant moving on to the next well I, I don't know if this can even be classed as a match but you have the, the, the lucha house party in the ring with their piñatas and um, I'm not even sure what, what the purpose of this was, except to uh, uh, introduce Lars Sullivan, who we've seen on our screens for the last few weeks. Um, and essentially all I've got written down here is uh, Lars killed the Lucha House Party. Um, and that's pretty much it. But uh, Lars did appear to get busted open. I think um, Callisto when uh, they kind of were, were in one of the early exchanges in this kind of fight, um, might have kind of cut Lars Sullivan's head open. Uh, somehow he seemed to be b- b- between him and uh, Samoa Joe I think we've seen more blood in this pay-per-view than we have done in many years in the WWE but uh, Lars Sullivan essentially killed the house party um, then we get to an advert for TakeOver 25 uh, taking place on Saturday the 1st of June, uh, matches announced so far uh, two very impressive matches you've got Io Shirai versus Shayna Baszler for uh, Shayna's NXT Women's Championship that'll be one hell of a match um, and uh, Johnny Gargano defending his um, NXT Championship Against Adam Cole, and we know that uh, they had a, a, an awesome five-star match, um, three out of uh, two out of three falls match at Takeover New York, and uh, uh, myself and, and Matt we reviewed uh, Takeover New York and that match uh, last month. Um, but what are your initial thoughts about these two matches for Takeover 25? Io Ryan Shayna Baszler and Gargano versus Cole. Looking forward to those.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it says a lot that a, a teaser advert for NXT Takeover 25 was far more interesting and entertaining than um, Lars Sullivan destroying um, the Lucha House party. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, def- definitely, definitely looking forward to that. Um, just, you know, you could just put those two matches on a paper, you give them an hour each. And, uh, you know, I think people would be pretty impressed and they'd go, I'm quite happy from that, to be honest.
0: Yeah, yeah. Speaking of kind of teaser adverts, I don't know if you caught this as well, but there was an advert for the Velveteen Dream. Um, and I kind of nearly had a mini heart attack thinking that he was going to be po- called up to the main roster any time now. I thought it was an advert for coming soon to Raw, coming soon to SmackDown, the Valentina Dream, and I, I'm kind of dreading that day to be honest with you because I think he's much more suited to uh, to NXT. And then they said it the you know, brought up on the graphic at the end of the uh, advert um, this, this Wednesday on NXT, and I breathed a bit of a, a, bit of a sigh of relief. So I don't want uh, WWE to call him up too soon. I'd rather him, uh, you know, do what he's doing best on on NXT. which I think is where he's at his best but um, uh, let's move on to uh, our next match and uh, this one is for the WWE Championship so Kofi Kingston of course won the WWE Championship over Daniel Bryan at Wrestlemania and he goes up against uh, Kevin Owens here Um, so ahead of this match uh, what were your kind of uh, thoughts going into the match were you looking forward to this one Uh, what what are your thoughts on the build to this match as well Matt Uh, tell us what you think
1: yeah, you know, again, I was I was quite looking forward to this. You know, I like Kofi, I like him as a champion, um, and you know, I like Kevin Owens. I think the the build's been pretty good, although I think it was maybe accelerated a bit too quickly. Um, I think with the whole big, big O thing, could have maybe gone on for a few weeks and maybe had a different a different challenge of the title at this pay per view, and that's maybe where where um, Kevin Owens turns on him. But you know, they did accelerate it a little bit, but you know, it's been quite good. You know, it's been. You know beat downs every week. Sami Zayn getting involved and Xavier Woods getting involved, and um, you know it's been, you know it's been good, and he's kind of showing like the the fight inside to Kofi as well, rather than just being the, you know the fun, you know pancake sharing new day member. So um yeah, so I was, you know, I, I was, uh, I was looking forward to going into it, and and I wasn't really, I wasn't disappointed at the end of it either.
0: Yeah, just talk through some of the key spots here. So uh, Owens takes control with a super kick and a a vicious sent on for an early two count. Uh, Kofi takes a bit of a double bump uh, first into the ring post and then into the cameraman as he falls from the ring post uh, before Owens hits a frog splash off the ring apron onto Kofi on the floor. That was a pretty cool sequence of moves there. Um, Owens gets a a back body dropped into the turnbuckle, almost landing on his head in the process. Uh, Kingston attempts a, a double axe handle from the top turnbuckle onto Owens on the outside only to be nailed with a a picture perfect super kick um, from Owens in midair uh, Owens does a, uh, a close uh, gets a close near fall from a pop up power bomb uh, with Kofi kicking out on the last split second there. Uh, Kofi manages to hit the Trouble in Paradise uh, with Owens being knocked out of the ring, preventing Kofi from being able to cover. Owens hits a stunner for another close near fall. Um, Owens goes for a Swanton bomb with Kofi raising his knees just in time to block the move. Kofi connects with Trouble in Paradise um, at minus footwear. I, I don't know quite what happened to his to his footwear there, uh, but minus. Footwear hits the trouble in paradise, gets the cover, and gets the three count as well. So, Kofi King to- Kingston successfully retains his WWE Championship. Um, I thought it was a really fun match, to be honest with you. And um, yeah, uh, great to see kind of Kofi uh, continue as a champion. I think that there's been a, a lot of criticism of Kofi Kingston as the WWE Champion. Um, and uh, I, I actually think that he's, he's uh, done himself a lot of favours in the last few weeks. I know that he successfully defended it, uh, his championship on Raw a few weeks ago against Daniel Bryan. Um, and uh, yeah, I think he's come across really, really well on the mic. He's certainly delivering in the ring. And I think the longer they keep the title on him, the more kind of credible um he's coming across as the champion. But um yeah, I'm enjoying Kofi's uh, reign, um, and I really enjoyed this match. But um what did you think overall?
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's um you know it's good, it was contrasting styles. Um obviously Kevin Owens is a lot bigger, um <clears throat> a lot harder hitting but obviously he can he can then do Frog's Brassies and Swanton's and everything else as well so um but yeah it was it was a really good match it kind of shows it's, it's kind of almost like you know a bit like old-fashioned when like when Brett was champion and he'd come up against a different challenger and you know they'd always be bigger men or stronger men and, and it's how he overcomes them and, and I think Kofi's doing that with a big smile on his face and like really you know putting himself over and, and being an advert for the product as well absolutely um, yeah. I, need, I do need to rewatch it to try and work out why Kevin Owens threw his shoes and stuff. <laughs> um, I laughed at the time. I I, I don't know if he just decided to take them off or if something had happened and they nearly came off, and he just thought it'd help, or what. I, I really, really don't know. Um, but apparently, there was, a, there was a WWE.com exclusive that Kofi was reunited with his uh, with his shoe. <laughs> so, uh, yeah but i do i do feel that i need to rewatch it again just to work, work that one out a little bit yeah
0: i, I had flashbacks of uh terry funk getting down by the undertaker in the cage and uh, his trainers fired off and uh but yeah, uh, yeah that, that was quite amusing uh but we're moving on to our main event now and this is that the men's money in the bank ladder match and the uh uh well i think it, it was meant to be eight participants down to seven now we got andrade uh ali ricochet randy orton baron Corbin. Drew McIntyre, Finn Balor, but no Sami Zayn having been attacked backstage earlier on. Um, so we start with just seven men uh, going into the, this match uh, I was really excited for Ali, Andrade Finn Balor and Ricochet to see uh, them in uh, a main event of a WWE pay-per-view which is uh, quite a rare occurrence for those four individuals and to see what they could do in this type of match obviously with ladders being involved we know that uh, Ali and, and Ricochet are going to have some pretty fun spots there um, as it turned out pretty much everybody involved in this match uh, got to put through the ringer with the ladders um, but uh, Drew McIntyre Uh, going into it was my favourite, to be honest with you I did kind of have Drew McIntyre pegged to win this and I think Drew was a lot of people's favourite because he's had a bit of a stop and start push in the last year or so with a lot of people expecting him to be contending for one of the championships or possibly to be holding one of the championships by now so a lot of people were kind of quite high on Drew McIntyre going into this match Uh, but you never know which way Vince is going to go in a match like this, Um, he could go back to the old faithful with Randy Orton or he could go with about and Corbin just to, uh, to, to mess about with the fans to be honest with you um, but uh, going into some of the, the key spots in this match uh, Randy Orton wastes no time in dumping Ali, uh, Finn Balor and Ricochet onto the announcer's desks on the outside, uh, allowing him to, you know, a bit of free time and a clear ring to climb a ladder. Uh, this attempt was stopped by Andrade, who springboards himself um, into the ring and drop kicks the ladder, knocking the ladder over. There's a spot where Andrade performs a sunset flip powerbomb on Finn Balor um, off the top of the ladder in the middle of the ring um, onto a ladder that was set up, propped against uh, the middle rope and one of the rungs of the ladder set up uh, and and this awesome kind of sunset power bomb on Balor. Um, and it's kind of a bit of a double impact, really, because not only does it hit the ladder the first time, but when the ladder kind of bounces down and then up again, it catches Finn Balor for a second time um, and that was, uh, yeah, pretty awesome to watch. Um, you've got to feel for Finn Balor's back the following day uh, Ali performs the Spanish fly with Andrade off one of the ladders. Uh, everyone is going through the, the wars in this match. Uh, Corbyn chokeslams Ali through the announcer's desk. Uh, Corbyn then chokeslams Balor onto one of the ladders set up uh, on its side um, in the ring. So that looks pretty painful because there's absolutely no give there at all. Uh, McIntyre then pretty much kills Balor, Andrade, and then ricochet by throwing, ricochet over the top rope and through a ladder set up on the ring side. Uh, then Ali looks uh, set to unhook the briefcase. But then the music of the beast, Brock Lesnar, comes over the speakers before uh, Lesnar races down to the ring, pushes the ladder, uh, carrying Ali over. Uh, Lesnar climbs the ladder using, uh, climbs the ladder, and uh, he is the unannounced eighth man, unhooks the briefcase and becomes the, the beast in the bank. What an ending to a pretty good pay-per-view and an excellent match and an excellent main event. Um, Matt, I'd love to know your thoughts on kind of the the, the ma- match in general, some of the key spots and that ending involving Brock Lesnar. Um, bar for the ending,
1: I think it was one of the best sort of money in the bank ladder matches there's been. Um, you know, the amount of spots in there, you know, all, all seven people that participate in it, you know, you know, really got involved. Yeah, you know, no one no one likes Baron Corbin but um but you know, but he was still involved quite heavily in the match and yeah, you know, and, and they all work together to, yeah, you know, to put on what was what was a fantastic match. And then I don't know. Um, then Brock Lesnar decides that he's involved and comes down and wins the, the, the briefcase. It doesn't really make any sense. Um, and what doesn't make it what makes even less sense is from the point where his music started playing, Ali had plenty of time to unhook that. Um,
0: I noticed that as well. Yeah,
1: yeah. But, uh, but he didn't, so uh, maybe that's a learning point for him today. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, but I mean, the, the match on the whole was fantastic. Uh, I I probably agree with you that like Drew was probably my favourite going into it, um, just purely because I think he's he's ready to be a world champion. You know, he's he's got the look, he's got the physique. You know, he's um, you know, he's over, Well, as a heel, he's over really well at the moment. Um, I, mean, I would have loved to have seen like, Andrade, probably would have been my, my sort of personal, you know, like if I got to choose who won, it probably would have been him because I think he's, you know, he, he's sort of really impressed since he's been on the main roster, um, as well as what he did in NXT beforehand. Um, but, yeah, but some of the bumps were ridiculous. Um, I was like the, the Finn Balor one where he kind of bounced on the ladder. The yeah, and the ricochet one over the top rope and, and yeah, and there was there, there was plenty in there and, and the, the Spanish fly by Ali and um uh, Andrade was was amazing and 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 it pains me to say, but Michael Cole sold that really well on commons as well. Um yeah. and uh but yeah it's just it's just the ending. It kind of it, I think it kind of sums up where I'm at with WWE at the moment they do do some fantastic stuff and like they put on they you know they can put on these amazing matches and then they just then Brock Lesnar wins or Charlotte wins and it's like um it's just it's just a little bit baffling at the moment um you know obviously you know Brock Lesnar's a big name and is a business at the end of the day um But I think, you know, I think there's far better things they could have done with it and to to move the company forward and and to keep people interested. It's it's typical. uh, I'll put my hand up and be a fickle wrestling fan. You know, you want them to do something surprising. You want them to do something different. And then they did. But it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a good surprise.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of, you know shits all over the the talent that were in the ring putting their bodies on the line for 20 odd minutes um and uh, i saw a, a photo on twitter this morning of, of kind of randy orton kind of sat on the floor on the outside looking up as as kind of brock was uh holding the briefcase on top of the ladder and the, the look on randy orton's face in this photo kind of says it all really that they just you know took all the punishment for however long only for that to happen and uh, and I mean, I, I said in my prediction show that I really wanted them to kind of make a few new stars in uh, in, in this pay-per-view. And, I, I, you know, a lot of my predictions kind of fell short, but um, this would have been a fantastic match. As I said, you know, at the beginning of reviewing this match, there were so many kind of names that you wouldn't normally consider to be in a, a main event of a WWE pay-per-view in, in such a style of match. And that it kind of suited the Allies and the uh, the Andrade's and the Ricochet's and the Finn Balor's. And uh, although they were the stars of the match, essentially, um, they kind of, yeah, get uh, screwed over by a part-timer. I mean, yeah, uh, it's definitely a very heelish thing to do. I mean, the WWE are certainly playing us and, um, yeah, uh, you know, and, and... I think that you know it will be a surprise uh, when he does cash in because you'll never know when he's going to be around from one week to the next anyway. So uh, it's not going to be predictable when it, when he does cash in because, uh, like I say, he's not often around anyway. But um, yeah, I mean overall, um, the, the match was superb and it's been described as one of the one of the best Money the Bank Money the Bank ladder matches in history um, up until that ending. And, and and either like I say, I did pop for Brock Lesnar. I, I kind of did pop when he came out. But then you you, you kind of think, well, that's kind of shitting over the talent that's that's in there and shitting over the fans as well. And uh, it's obviously been done to get a reaction um, or has it been done to appease, you know, Brock Lesnar. Um, But, uh, yeah, uh, we shall see what happens there. Um, I I think the show overall was was really good. Um, I really loved the the baby storyline and her kind of winning the ladder match and cashing in and winning the title. Um, I like the AJ Styles and, and Seth Rollins match for the Universal Championship um and I thought the main event was excellent um but uh, yeah just just that ending does leave a bit of a sour taste in your mouth but um yeah I suppose Brock Lesnar's a bit like Marmite to be honest with you either love it or hate it uh, what's your kind of thoughts on the show overall then Matt um I'm definitely giving it a, a thumbs up what about yourself
1: yeah definitely I mean I, I I enjoyed it to the point that I stayed up till 4am watching it still so it's um you know there was, there's was plenty of highlights there's plenty of good things um yeah, you know, I think the the cage match didn't really do it for me. The Elias and Roman Reigns match was well, wasn't a match really, was it? But um, so there was a few down points to it, including like the, the kind of like the, the big ending. But but I think both both of matches, both the men's title matches, um, like the Bailey story and, and sort of like the the women's champions matches and stuff like that. You know, all of that was was really good. Um, yeah. but, you know, there definitely there was definitely way more positives to take out of it than negatives. Um, and then just sort of see where it goes from there. Now,
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, But uh, yeah, it'd be fun to see kind of how it develops uh, over the next um, few weeks and months. Um, So uh, yes, that kind of... Brings us to an end of reviewing Money the Bank. Uh, before we say goodbye to Matt, I just want to kind of cover off uh, what uh, content we'll be covering here on the podcast over the next few weeks because there's plenty coming at you. Uh, so on on this week's kind of standard uh, episode of Wrestling Majors, we're going to be doing our AEW Double or Nothing uh, prediction or preview show uh, alongside the usual NXT and NXT UK and all the hot topics from the week that will be dropping either Thursday or Friday this week. Um, this coming Saturday, we will have, of course we'll all be watching watching Double or Nothing, uh, which will uh, receive the full WrestleMania John's treatment um, and our review show will be dropping soon after. I think we're going to try to record the review show uh, on the Sunday or the Monday following Saturday's show uh, with special guest hosts and uh, WrestleMania John's Facebook followers and listeners to the podcast, Ash Crawford and uh, Chris Thornton. Uh, We'll then uh, be uh, airing our usual weekly episode uh, later on that week, which will include our TakeOver 25 predictions and the usual NXT and NXT uh, NXT UK, sorry, uh, and then uh, on uh, Saturday the first of June we've obviously got NXT 25, and we'll be reviewing that on Sunday the second of June with uh, David Anderson uh, dropping by. Um, and David's been on the podcast quite a few times. Looking forward to hear what David has to say um, about uh, the the black and gold brand. Um, so plenty to look forward to on the Wrestling with Jonas uh, podcast. Uh, so uh, uh matt just want to kind of get your your opinion on um, aew and uh, double or nothing will you be watching are you looking forward to it um if so kind of what what in particular stands out and what matches um are you looking forward to if any at all
1: um as it stands because of work and other things i probably won't be watching it live but i will be trying to watch it as as soon as possible afterwards um i'm i'm definitely intrigued as to what what they're going to do, and it, it's going to it's going to take a while to really see the the impact on the industry. But you know, but hopefully, you know, even you know, they won't necessarily be um, a viable challenge to WWE anytime soon. But they might make them stop and think, um, and hopefully, sort of creatively, it'll be sort of a bit of a, a bit of a catalyst. Um, you know, because those of us that are old enough to remember, like the you know the peak of like the Monday Night Wars, you know, like. It was a case of trying to outdo each other and, and, you know, WWE haven't had to do that for a long, long time now. So, um, so if there is a new kid on the block, that's going to, it's going to make him stand up and pay attention. And then, then hopefully, you know, for us as wrestling fans, we'll reap all the benefits from it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I've already uh, uh, got my pay-per-view purchased, looking forward to, to Saturday night. Um, but uh, yeah, it should be, it should be a good show. We'll be, I um, say, previewing it on this coming week's episode of Wrestling with Genres, and we'll be reviewing it um, on the Sunday or the Monday following the show. But uh, that's pretty much it. Um, thank you, Matt, for dropping on the pod once again. Um, you know, it's much appreciated as always uh, to get your views and your insight into um, pay-per-views and our kind of NXT shows. Um, but uh, thank you. I hope you've enjoyed yourself.
1: Yeah, always a pleasure to come on, mate.
0: No problem at all. So uh, that, that's it from this episode, a special episode of Wrestling with Jonas. I uh, hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you did, please don't forget to subscribe and shout about this podcast. Tell your friends and tell your family and keep listening to the Wrestling with Jonas podcast for all of your weekly NXT UK, NXT, WWE, and AEW updates. Uh, we'll be back later on this week for another episode uh, covering everything that's good about NXT and NXT UK. And of course, as I mentioned, we'll be previewing the AEW's inaugural show, Double or Nothing. Uh, but in the meantime, take care. And, And we'll speak to you all soon.